Welcome, travelers. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3. On today's podcast, discover how to increase the magic by traveling light. This is Travel Happens, a podcast all about enhancing your vacation. Do you want to make your trip go smoother, easier, and more special? Keep listening. I'm your host, Destination Douglas. Think of me as Marine Sedai, Tyrion Lannister, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, and Yoda all rolled into one. I'm your guide when it comes to cruises. Joining me today is my good friend, Amy Shabilsky. She is the leader of theme park vacations, especially Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Alani, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, and Universal Parks and Resorts, and also all-inclusives. All right, Amy is an expert in planning for all different types of families. We both are travel advisors with Reach for the Magic Destinations. Let's face it, you don't want it to occur, but travel happens. We are there to supply advice, guidance, aid, and be your advocate through all the potholes and pitfalls to your destiny. All right, Amy, let's get to it. What news do you have for our listeners about Disney? All right, let's get started with some of the Disney um, Parks news. Uh, First of all, we have Disneyland Paris. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary. So over in Paris, the uh, parks are going to be featuring new shiny costumes for their characters, the Gardens of Wonder, um, a brand new fireworks show featuring D-Light, which um, is drones mixed in with the fireworks, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, Of course, they'll also have exclusive 30th anniversary souvenirs and treats that you have to get. Um, Back over here in the U.S., back at Disneyland, Um, Returning April 22nd, 22, is the magical glow of the Main Street Electrical Parade. Um, This is going to be the 50th anniversary of the nighttime parade. Um, And the closing of the parade has a brand new finale celebrating the theme of togetherness. I've got a question. So since they're doing a new ending, do, uh, do you think they'll tag on a new ending to the music? Did they just opinion? Okay, I think so. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah I think it, the ending will be. I'm excited for it. I, have I you seen the electric uh, Yeah, it's been I a mean, while. Huge nostalgia for me. Um, yes, I I love the something. Well, I was a little boy <laughs> when I first saw it. So something about the music of that parade just gets me to my core, you know, 
I probably won't be jumping up and down, but in my brain, I'm jumping up and down <laughs> when I hear the music to that parade. So I absolutely. Yes, I know. That's what I thought of as first when I heard it was going back. I could just hear the music. Mm-hmm. Not going to sing the music, but I can hear the music in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Um, also returning on oh, uh, also returning on April 22nd, 22, um, over at Disney California Adventure is going to be World of Color right there in the in the lake and over at Disneyland, uh, Disneyland Forever, their fireworks uh, spectacular is returning that same night. So that's all happening April 22nd, 2022. That's pretty quick. I really uh, did not. Ex- I thought fireworks shows and um, opportunities where crowds would gather um, to a large extent wouldn't happen until the pandemic reached being just an endemic. So, but I do understand how, like I had a um, webinar with Dr. Scott Gottlieb and he was uh, talking about how we, his he had a prediction. He used to be head of the FDA, and his prediction was that we would move to from a pandemic to an endemic, uh, like this fall, and that okay. uh, this fall, what the concern would be is really your garden variety flu, and not COVID, because really the past two years we haven't had a really huge outbreak of uh, flu going around the country. So um, he said, that's what we have to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah, it will be interesting. I think, you know, with the return of fireworks and pretty much everything over at Disney World, you know, I I figured it was inevitable that it was coming back. And I'm glad that it's, April is pretty quick, I think, but uh, I know Disneyland is definitely ready. (laughs) Very good. All right. And the guests there. All right. Um, um, right after that, um, Fantasmic's also returning to Disneyland Park. That's not until May 28th of 2022. So we got a little ways for that. Um, but that's also not back at Disney World yet either. So um, that's something to look forward to. Um, and then one other thing here at Disneyland on April 29th, 2022, there's a one day uh, first ever Disney Junior Fun Fest is coming. Um, this is going to feature a, peek, a sneak peek of upcoming Disney Junior Series, um, special announcements, a surprise appearances, as well as a stage show with Doc McStuffins and Alice's Wonderland Bakery on birthday party. Throughout the day, they'll also have cavalcades uh, for Disney Junior characters. Um, so far, there's not a full schedule out, but that's going to be coming soon. I've got a question. So um, I have always loved with Alice in Wonderland the uh, the concept of a happy unbirthday. Yes, you just mentioned. Um, have you ever done that specifically? I mean, like something uh, not celebrating your birthday, but celebrating an unbirthday. An unbirthday. We have not celebrated an unbirthday. Because <laughs> I actually have. Because you have. I, That's I. I hate my birthday. My birthday at the very end of January. It's so cold and miserable. Does anybody really want to gather then? No. 
So let's do it in um, the middle of spring or late spring, and let's celebrate my birthday then. So yeah, uh, that's exciting. I've got friends of mine trained so much. They're like, so when are we celebrating your birthday this year? <laughs> well, right. that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't. Some people do like summer, but I feel there's yeah. probably people in summer who do fall or winter, so that they right. You know, especially yeah, when you're in school. <laughs> exactly. Like my roommate has an internal internal thermostat that's much higher than the normal person. He's always hot, so having a celebration in July would he'd just be miserable. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm figuring spring is perfect because it's still mild weather. It's not terribly hot, not terribly cool. Right. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I have my birthday in February, so I'm with you on that. Like, <laughs> you know, I want to go someplace warm on my birthday. I'm yeah. done with winter and all of that. So, yes. Well, that's the trouble for me. I'm living in Philadelphia, in the Northeast of the United States, and I don't like having problems. I just don't. So I'm not going to, and to do pretty much almost anything I would want to do would require me flying to a warm destination, but flying out of Philadelphia would mean the potential for having a snowstorm the day that I'm supposed to be flying out, unless the week of my, you know, that I'm doing the celebration, I happen to go on a lark and fly off. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that that's just never going to happen because I'm a planner and a plotter, and this, <laughs> I just cannot, I I can't even fathom my being able to just pack up and go at a moment's notice. In fact, my roommate, we were just talking about uh, yesterday, uh, he was asking, am I crazy? My family wants me to go on a vacation with them in a couple of months. And I'm, I have a problem taking time off from work. And am I crazy? Because uh, they're all enraged because I'm saying no. I'm like, no, you're being perfectly logical. Like, Give me a year. <laughs> I definitely don't need a year, but <laughs> I do also think that'd be pretty exciting and be like, okay, let's just pack a bag and like yeah. point down the map and let's go see what right. happens. Oh, it definitely would be exciting. <laughs> but, but there'd be a lot of anxiety once you pick that point and like, all right, the flight's in the network. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to switch over to Disney World. Um, we had some great announcements this week. Um, I think that one of the biggest would be the huge announcement um, uh, in exciting news of our traditional character meet and greets returning on April 18th of 2022. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to my next trip to get that big hug from Mickey or from Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun seeing all the um, uh, pictures everybody posting of their their last hugs from the characters. So. Right. Um, for the collectors out there, there's a new release this week for the uh, 50th anniversary Coke bottles. Um, they released five of them, one for each park that are different colors. And then the fifth one has the 50th um, in the castle on it. Um, so that's exciting for uh, collectors. And the best uh, part about it is well, as well is that they are the same price as the regular Coke that Park was selling. So I'm sure they'll be gone soon. Yes, sir. I um I am shocked 
shocked. I feel like in this age of Bob Chapek, that he lets nothing go by without <laughs> getting some uh, money out of a uh, proposition. So how someone was able to sneak on through a themed Coke bottle without any additional cost is amazing to me. And I only, agree. The only thing that I'm worried about is people getting really hopped up on caffeine <laughs> because <laughs> they want to collect all the bottles. And so they keep on having all the, you know, a uh, bottle after bottle of soda. And yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. having a six year old and they've had four Coca Colas? <laughs> that's, that sounds scary to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I part of me, I wish they were glass bottles, but obviously we can't have those in the park. Right. Um, yeah, but you also can't fly back with them unless they're in your luggage in your care or they can right. be in your carry on. So, yeah. Well, the other thing like, is, I don't know what your children were like when they were, let's say, three or four, but um, I wouldn't trust glass with a young child. Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> they just would look prettier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So um, over at Epcot, we got some exciting news there this week, too, um, that the cultural representatives are returning in August of 2022. No specific date yet, um, but if you're not familiar, um, each country around the uh, world um, prior to COVID had representatives in their country over there in Epcot. Um, one of the biggest, or uh, one of the, I won't say biggest or funnest, but um, one of the areas that they're definitely noticed in is the Kidcot area, where um, the Children could collect passports and stickers and stamps as they learn about the country from that representative. Um, some of them have little crafts, but it was always fun, you know, going and collecting those stamps and, and giving your kid a chance to learn about those other countries, which they aren't visiting in real life. I think it's really special that they bring in people from overseas uh, to each country. I think it lends an air of authenticity and like you can have some amazing conversations with these cast members that come from their respective countries. And I think it's also, they could have, uh, when they were planning all this, it could have just, they could have just put them in whatever country, but they are very specific. So the people in the Moroccan pavilion are all actual Moroccan. Not all, but there's uh, you've got you're talking about actual Moroccans coming and uh, working at the Morocco Pavilion. And I think the authenticity of that experience really speaks to me. Yes, that was um, our first visit. That was one thing that really stuck in my mind as well. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, the first to return are going to be Germany, Norway, France, the UK and Canada. So look for that in August if you have a trip planned this um, late summer, early fall. And then one last thing here for Epcot is July 14th of 2022. Um, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is returning. It will still have, you know, all the food and drinks you can have around the world. That's pretty early, doesn't it? Doesn't it usually start like in August? 
It is really early and it goes yeah. through November. November yeah, 14th, I think, was the end date. So well, rolling well, right from rolling right from the um, garden festival right into the <laughs> food and wine. Well, I think I don't know how many years it, it it's transpired, but I really think they've really taken a hold of these festivals and you're rolling straight from one festival to there's always some kind of festival. It's very rare that you can just experience Epcot without a festival. That's very true. Personally, Uh, my last trip was during food and wine festival and um, it was great. You you know, I, uh, it, it just was wonderful eating all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And I, I like that they're tiny little small samples of little things. So you yeah. can have many. <laughs> right, exactly. And not feel quite as guilty. Yeah. Yes. Um, with the um, Food and Wine Festival, they also have Eat to the Beat concert series in the American Pavilion. Um, so they'll have live music from pop, country, RB, and more. So far, the um, performers lineup is not available, but that should be coming soon. So those are always fun. And then one last um, news tidbit I have here for Disney World, yeah, Disney World is running up right next to that um, exciting news about the character meet and greets is that March 31st of 2022 marked the first time since March of 2020 that all Disney resorts were fully open. So that's exciting that we all, you know, any resort is now available for booking. Um, that's happy news to see. That's all I have for this week. Newses for the cruises. Let's get to it. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to lead off with uh, something that's huge. Uh, The U.S. Centers for Disease Control finally dropped its cruise travel health notice after more than two years of warning about the risk of contracting COVID-19 on a cruise ship. Earlier this month, the CDC lowered that warning to level two, which would be considered a moderate risk on March 14th, just three months after raising the warning level to level four, which would be considered a high risk in December when the Omicron virus was sweeping through the entire country. Cruise Lines International Association, um, it's abbreviated CLIA, So if I say clear, now you know what I'm talking about, Uh, said the removal of the travel health notice for cruising recognizes that effective public health measures in place on cruise ships and begins to level the playing field between cruise and uh, similarly, that's the word, uh, (laughs) situated venues on land for the first time since March 2020. From the onset of the pandemic, CLIA's cruise line members have prioritized health and safety of their guests, crew, and the communities they visit and are sailing today with health measures in place that are unmatched by virtually any other commercial setting, CLIA said. I think basically what this means is that they have just 
completely leveled the playing field uh, to all types of travel and really aren't making the distinction between uh, traveling via a cruise ship or going to some other destination. Um, one thing that the CDC's removal of the health notice will do, however, is call into question how long cruise lines will stick with their flexible policies on booking, rebooking, and cancellations. Many potential guests are still reluctant to cruise, especially with continued reports that COVID-19 outbreaks are still happening on ocean and river ships. These generally involve small, I mean, really, I mean, it's crazy. 99% of cruisers experience a wonderful trip, but there's that little less than 1% of people uh, have a problem with testing positive for the Omicron variant, which is now the dominant form of COVID-19. Omicron is reportedly less deadly than previous versions of the virus, especially for people who are fully vaccinated. Nevertheless, a positive test for that variant can still result in a cruise guest having to quarantine for five to 10 days until he or she tests negative. This can result in additional costs and inconvenience for guests who simply want to return home. Until the U.S. changes the COVID-19 antigen testing requirement for travelers re-entering the U.S., this will remain the case, even if the CDC no longer considers cruising to represent a risky activity where COVID is concerned. Additionally, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Monday officially dropped the warning level for travel to the Bahamas to level two, moderate. That, that's like very significant, especially for cruising, because for uh, cruise lines, almost exclusively all the cruise lines have their private islands in the Bahamas. You've got right. Castaway Key, you've got Coco Key, you've got... Uh, great stirrup key, you've got princess, you get that. Mess. <laughs> All right. Uh, the drop comes just two weeks after the CDC lowered the rating from level four, do not travel, to level three, very high on March 10th, and around the same time that the Bahamas drops its inbound COVID-19 rules, including its testing requirement and the indoor mask mandate on the island. So really, really great news from coming out of the CDC. I mean, I just thought it was just completely unfair that uh, they had different standards for cruise travel than any other. Like, how tight are you on an airplane with other fellow passengers? And you don't even have to show your proof of vaccination. You just have to wear your mask. That's it. Right. So um, I'm glad to see that they've leveled that playing field. Um, here's something for you, Amy. The brand new Disney Wish has left Meyer Werft in Puppenberg, Germany for her journey on the Ems River. So, that is very exciting. Very exciting. It's getting closer and closer. So that process is known as the ship's conveyance, and you're going to be hearing more uh, ship's conveyance happening with more and more ships because this is the year where a lot of new ships are going to be uh, produced. And um, 
it transits backwards up the river to a new location where final outfitting and sea trials will take place ahead of the ship's handover to Disney Cruise Line later this year. The ships will spend her inaugural season in Northern Europe from the German port of Kiel. And the LNG-powered vessel is one of three ships in a new class for Disney Cruise Line and set to launch service from Florida's Port Canaveral this July. And then two sister ships follow in 2024 and 2025, respectively. Very exciting. I, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, well, they're already, because if, if you were smart, you have already booked your, your trip yeah. to <laughs> Disney Wish because I, I I don't know what space there's going to be left in the first year. Like, yeah, probably not much. Not not much. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe that inside out. cabin. <laughs> yeah. But uh, reach out to Amy and she'll help you out with that. She'll do her magic and maybe go be on board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, just as the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention drops its warning for cruise ship travel, cruise lines in the United States continue to shift policies back toward pre-COVID normal. On Friday, it was Disney Cruise Line. Disney Cruise Line announced this week that it is making a number of changes that will see life on board continue its return to normalcy. The first is that Disney will lift physical distancing requirements across its ships, a protocol that has been encouraged since its return to service last year. The cruise line is also bringing back self-service buffets across its cruise ships, a move that will mark a major step in restoring the pre-pandemic life on board. Guests will, yeah, guests will also no longer be required to wear face coverings in any indoor areas on board. The cruise line had removed that requirement for most of its indoor areas, excluding the Walt Disney Theater and the youth activities spaces in March. But now masks will be optional for all areas on board. So Very that, Very that, is, that is huge because I feel like mask wearing is a major deterrent from people booking a cruise. And now that you've got this opportunity where you don't have to, I've, I've been saying it across the board, uh, not just with Disney, but other cruise lines. Right. And I think that same thing with um, what's happening in the parks too. People that want to, you know, go to the parks, if you had to wear a mask, you're vaccinated, all yeah. of that. So it's, that is exciting. And then the, on the cruise line as well, the character meet and greets are coming back with yeah. that. That's one of the things that's been removed. So exciting. Very exciting. Guests on Princess Cruises Alaska Voyages will have a new dining experience as the company launches its Wild for Alaska Seafood program aboard six vessels in the region this summer. The seafood initiative features an extensive menu rotation of Alaska seafood dishes, along with destination-inspired cocktail experiences, including flights of Alaska spirits sourced from local distilleries. Inventive cocktails such as creamy cinnamon moonshine, glacial chilled martinis, and hand-picked premium wine pairings to go with Alaska seafood dishes, the company announced. 
This industry-first, location-based seafood initiative features an extensive menu rotation of Alaska seafood dishes, along with destination-inspired cocktail experiences, including flights of Alaska spirits sourced from local distilleries. Yeah. Well, Princess has always been, they've been doing sailings uh, to Alaska since before Alaska became a state. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody uh, knows how to do Alaska, it's Princess. I would say, personally, my my personal opinion, if you want to go to Alaska, you either want to go on Princess or uh, Holland America Line. Those are the two biggies that really try and incorporate as much of the local uh, culture into the cruise experience. So wonderful, wonderful news coming out of Princess. Moving on, we're going to Norwegian, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings and Huna Totem Corporation today. And Well, actually, it was a, a day or two. I don't know. It's recently, we're going with recently, (laughs) (laughs) announced the signing of a memorandum of agreement to develop birthing and upland facilities in Whittier, Alaska, according to a press release. The privately funded development project will consist of a marine vessel docking facility able to birth vessels from the company's three brands, along with related structures, including a cruise ship terminal, and facilities for rail and bus access, the company said. So I think that's very significant considering uh, what's very big in uh, cruises for Alaska is doing what's called a cruise tour. Most cruise lines do cruise tours when uh, dealing with Alaska. So you'd be talking about both land and sea adventures. So Whittier is often a jumping off point for people to do land uh, adventures further inland in Alaska. Uh Yeah. So it totally makes sense that they would announce this uh, signing of a memorandum of agreement. The Department of Homeland Security on Wednesday announced that it was making a number of changes to its technology and processes in order to advance equality for transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming Americans, which is huge, 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 because like their whole thing is security and safety. And I don't know what that has to do with gender, I mean, <laughs> seriously, uh, just keep me safe. Can can I be safe and not be worried that you're going to try to crash me into the Pentagon? That's all I'm asking for. Yes, we don't need any more of that. No, we definitely do not. The biggest change is in the way DHS allows Americans to apply for passports and TSA pre-check. Starting on April 11th, 2022, TSA will update its programs to include an ex-gender marker option on its applications for for both passports and for the TSA pre-check program. At the same time, the TSA will update its scanners with new technology that it says 
quote, increases security and efficiency by reducing false alarm rates and pat-downs for the traveling public, end quote. Um, by replacing the current gender-based AIT system, this new, more accurate technology will also advance civil rights and improve the customer experience of travelers who previously have been required to undergo additional screening due to alarms in sensitive areas. TSA will begin deploying this new technology in airports throughout the country later this year, the announcement reads. There's more, too. TSA also plans to update procedures to allow for less invasive screening for certain passengers who trigger the AIT scanner in a sensitive area. While the TSA didn't provide a large amount of specifics about this change, it promises the new procedures will reduce pat-downs without compromising security until the new AIT system is deployed. So, it is, this is like huge news. I used to uh, share a house with someone who is, I guess, uh, gender fluid is the best way to describe their situation. And um, all you're trying to do is take a plane ride. That's it. And um, it's nice that now they're making it easier for those people. I'm really excited about that. All right. Before I talk about what's next, I would like to ask our listeners to help us out. If you'd like to support our little podcast, tell at least three friends about the show because it really would be nice if someone other than my housemate would listen to the show. <laughs> uh, if you copy me in a social media post about this podcast, I will mention you on a future podcast. All that support is complimentary and won't cost you a dime. Okay. Let's talk about traveling light. Uh, I, at one time, did not travel light. I, uh, I remember in the early 2000s going to Walt Disney World with a 30-inch Pullman. Just for me. That's just for me. 30 inches. Can, I'm t- it's like half my size. <laughs> I don't know what the heck, and I wasn't going for all that. It would be one thing if I was, if I thought, oh, I need to bring a closet with me because I'm going to be gone for a month. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't have the benefits of someone living in the UK. Uh, I was only going for a week. <laughs> um, you have to have options. <laughs> that's my packing. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. That, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. Um, so I specifically need to be nimble because oftentimes I'm traveling solo and there's no one else to take up the slack. It's just me. So I need to be nimble because I'm taking a plane, a train, a lift, a bus, a taxi. And that's like all in one trip. That's not even like all different trips. That's like all in one trip. So 
you can't travel heavy, happy, and cheap. You need to pick two. You can uh, you can do heavy and happy, but you can't do uh, heavy, happy, and cheap. Uh, traveling light is a philosophy. It isn't for everybody, and that's fine. Um, I just when I discovered this, this is what works for me. The biggest key, um, I think, is you just need to love all of the clothes that you are going to bring. Because by traveling light, you are eliminating choices. So like I mentioned before with the 30-inch Pullman, you aren't bringing a whole closet. So you need to be okay with the fact that on Monday, I'm wearing this outfit and I'm not choosing between four other outfits. It's just <laughs> fun and you've got to be good with it. Um, because you, you'll be eliminating choices. You, uh, you need to be okay with not having choices when you travel. Um, also, part of, I think the biggest thing about this philosophy is it's you are packing for a best-case scenario and not a worst-case scenario. And I think what a lot of travelers fall into is they pack thinking about a worst-case scenario and trying to be able to fix everything that possibly could eventually go wrong. And um, I, it's just, for I think it's very difficult for mothers that you get into this mommy mentality that I just need to, you got a boo-boo? I got the solution. I just need to dig into my back. I got a vaccine and a Band-Aid and we're good to go. Um, so if, if something bad happens, like, uh, I went to France a while ago and, um, when I went there, I discovered I had forgotten to pack a belt. I didn't have a belt. And so, but I just bought my way out. I just went to, I went to the Marais district and um, I had some very interesting, memorable encounters while looking for <laughs> a belt. I went to this wholesaler because that's a place in Paris that has uh, incredible shops. And I went into this one shop and just walked in. And in my uh, three-year-old French, tried to communicate <laughs> I'm there to get a new belt. And uh, because you know, three-year-olds don't know about future. They don't know about the past. They only know the present tense. And that's all I had on me. <laughs> so uh, what I discovered was at this one particular shop, uh, they, did, they didn't do uh, selling belts in pieces. They were, do, they were a wholesaler. So if I wanted, you know, 500 belts, they could help me out. <laughs> I just wanted one. Um, and I will never forget that memory. It was, and I ended up with this really, I love the belt that I ended up with. I went to this uh, department store that you can only find in Paris and got this really great uh, belt. And yeah, I just bought my way out. Um, my self-imposed limit to a bag 
is 25 pounds and a nine by 21 by 14 carry-on bag that'll fit overhead on a transatlantic trip, or it could even be a trans-Pacific trip, um, and a personal bag to squeeze under the seat in front of me. After all, I need to bring a laptop to have access for work, so I need to have something available for that laptop. Um, after you enjoy the mobility and the freedom, I, I'm, I was never going any other way after that. Uh, when you can carry your own luggage, it's less likely to get lost. It's less likely to get broken, less li likely to get stolen. So it actually kind of calms your nerves a bit because I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a worry ward. I, uh, I'll worry <laughs> about, oh, please, please. The whole time I'll be crossing my fingers that my bags will be on that carousel when I arrive to my destination. Um, the great thing about traveling light, when I landed in Rome, I was on my way exploring Rome while everyone else was staring at the luggage carousel. When I flew home, I was the first one to climb into bed. And that's one <laughs> of the, uh, my other pet peeves. I also like to make sure. Right now, my, my house is a mess. But before I leave on a trip, I, I clean that up so that uh, when I get back, everything is really nice. But that has nothing to do with traveling. <laughs> that's just my problem. <laughs> uh, these days, you can also save money by bringing less. Uh, you'll likely pay a fee for checking a second bag uh, for most airline carriers. N and now with financial crunches uh, of the airline industry, it's not uncommon to be charged for all checked luggage. So if you're just doing a, putting a, a carry-on above you and a personal bag in front of you, you don't have to pay for checking anything. I yes. I know Southwest doesn't charge for <laughs> baggage. I get that. Good for you. I'm very happy. But even then, because I'm not paying for the check, I, I still would be anxious about, did they treat it okay? Did they put it on board the, on the plane with me? Or is it now in Hawaii when I'm going <laughs> to, you know, where, yeah. Um, okay. So how do you fit a whole trip's worth of luggage into a small bag? Oh, that's easy. You bring very little. Um, don't pack for the worst case scenario, like I said before. Just pack for the best case scenario. Um, and institute a color palette. Pick out, you know, whatever is your favorite color. Like for my next cruise, the color I picked was blue. So I'm, I'm wearing a lot of blue. <laughs> There's a lot of neutrals in there, neutrals and blue. And that way you can mix and match your outfits. And uh, so even though you might think you only have, let's say, five outfits or seven outfits, you actually have more than that because you can mix and match. You could wear... Uh, the the top you had for outfit A with the bottoms of outfit C. And you, you know, you could actually end up doubling 
your outfits. The other thing is, who the heck cares what you're wearing? Who actually remembers what they were wearing? I mean, obviously, you're going to have the pictures. You can go back and look. But no one gives a, a, a rat's bleepity bleep about what <laughs> we're wearing. You're probably the only person that has uh, that cares. And that's why I say from the outset, love everything that you're going to bring. Um, but yeah, choose a color palette to make bringing little doable. Um, on a cruise ship, between the ship and the ports, you'll be able to purchase anything that's critical. You're not going to be sailing up into the furthest reaches of the Amazon where only 10 people have been there before you. Trust me, if the locals uh, need something that's essential, it's it will be available for purchase. They'll have it. They, they actually sell deodorant in Spain. It might not smell like it on the train, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What if it is a long cruise? Are you traveling? Do one, uh, as you travel, do one of two things. You can bring laundry soap and clean your clothes in your room and hang the clothes to dry in your room. Or you could have them laundered. And actually, that's I'm actually planning on doing both things because the cruise ship's uh, laundry facilities can't handle delicates all that well. So if you have delicates, I would do that yourself. And the other things I would have the ship do. So, uh, for example, I have an MSC cruise coming up this year. And as part of the options, I selected, I'm going to, there's, you can select different laundry packages. So I selected a 20 piece laundry package. So I can have them clean for me 20 pieces. Perfect. Uh, I'll probably have you know clean clothes to take back to my place. I'd be okay with at the time flying back to Philadelphia with uh, all dirty laundry. That'd be fine with me. But um, yeah, so you can use the ship's laundry because most the the vast majority of ships out there uh, do not have self service laundry facilities on board. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to. Uh, pay. Also, a lot of these cruise lines have specials. So read those daily newsletters and take out your highlighter and really focus in on when they're having those uh, laundry specials. For example, with Norwegian, there's going to be a day that they will select where they'll give you a bag and stuff that bag with as many clothes as you want. It doesn't matter the number of pieces like my MSC cruise, but you can fill it up, fill up this bag. And I think they charge you about 20 bucks to do the whole bag. So take advantage of the discount and you can launder that way. Um, Let's see. Pack your bag only two thirds full because... um, 
you can uh, probably do some souvenir shopping and you're gonna wanna put it into that bag. So you could uh, do that. You could also bring along an empty featherweight nylon bag to use as a carry-on for your return flight and then do something that uh, might sound counter for what I've said up until now. Check your main <laughs> bag through, you know, bring the souvenirs in that uh, featherweight nylon bag on board the ship and then check uh, your other bag through. Uh, so, yeah, I think I covered everything. If not, I covered a whole lot. <laughs> yes. I would love to get to traveling light, the ability to travel light. I always have in my mind that I'm going to travel light and then I start packing and then it, it you know, it never turns out. Well, but my- I definitely feel, feel that we had gone to Europe, my daughter and I, yeah. and it was going to be like a longer trip. I still remember in, we started in England, walking yeah. up the cobblestone roads with my luggage, trying to wheel it. And it was, you know. I figured, oh, it's international. I can have 75 pounds. I'm going to get my huge suitcase and I could barely lift it. Yeah. And so it was, you know, an experience I will not forget. However, <laughs> I also wish I would not have had that. You know, the it was in summer, it was hot, it was sticky. And I yeah. did not leave probably in a good mood after trying to get up to the, <laughs> but uh, yes. My big problem is, I'm so frugal with my money. If I'm purchasing clothing, I really love it. So Mm -hmm. most of what I would take on a trip, I I love. So uh, I, when I'm packing, I'll have it, all my options out on a table. And the problem comes in with editing. I'm like, okay. I cannot take all of this stuff. <laughs> when I think I'm leaving things out and, and being good, and when reality hits in, I'm like, oh, I need to make some choices. I need to limit this. Usually I'm pretty, I, I've got it down so that I'm not that bad off. But uh, yeah, the, the hard part is I like way too many things. And I don't have my chest of drawers that I'm staring at right now or uh, (laughs) my closet. So yeah, you just give up on, you're not, you're not at home anymore. You're just not. So give it up. (laughs) I also, you know, think at the same time, like even as I'm packing that I need to have these options. And then I'm like, well, if I don't have it, I'm still going to go buy it. So I don't know why I I have three outfits for yesterday. I don't know. I need that. <laughs> yeah. One day, uh, one day. Like a, uh, so uh, with a job that I used to have, I had this uh, employer who was utterly shocked at how little underwear I was bringing on my <laughs> trip. Like, Listen, that's what the sink is for. You know, I, I even took a picture afterward. It really was a picture for me. It's not a picture for anybody else, but it's all, it has my underwear hanging up and various articles of clothing in the bathroom drying out, but it, it worked great. I, I was happy. And there's actually um, a brand of 
uh, men's underwear that is specifically designed to dry quickly. So I took a, a, a number of those pairs along with me so that I, I figured I'm going to need, I need it. That is a need, yes. Yeah. All right, so just remember, keep it tight, keep it right, keep it light. I will try that. Thank you so much, Amy. You've been great. I love hearing all about the Disney news. Um, you know, people can just go to the Travel Happens website to find out how to reach either of us. Uh, the web page is podpage.com forward slash travel happens. And if all else fails, you can find us at reachforthemagicdestinations.com. Thank you, dear listener, for spending time with us. Heather will be back uh, next time. We try to make this a weekly podcast. Um, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. But if we're like a day or two late, don't worry. We, we will return next time. It's Heather. And uh, we're going to be talking about what's so great about cruising. What's what's the big deal? Why, why do you cruise so often? So that's in store for next time. Reach for the magic. Reach for the adventure.